Hello and welcome to Outdoors in Scotland. I'm John Burns and this is my wee podcast for folk who like to go out in the outdoors in Scotland, really. It sort of does what it says on the tin, really. Um, I'm sitting here in a very snowy Inverness right now. And I'm glad to say, I'm glad, pretty, very pleased to say we're having a bit of a winter. And I'm sure all the outdoor uh, folk who are listening to this show will be very pleased to hear that. Because uh, it's a special time winter, isn't it? And um, there's, I, I, I know for a fact that there's uh, quite a lot of snow on Ben Nevis right now. And uh, talking of Ben Nevis, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's amazing how quick time passes. But the, the uh, Fort William Mountain Festival... He's coming around again in in February in a, in a two or three weeks time. Uh, it feels like only yesterday I was talking <laughs> talking about that. Um, but it, it's it's a, a fantastic event, and my guest today is Anna Danby, who is the festival coordinator. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Yes, here in a very snowy Fort William, too, just down the road. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually snowing in Fort William right now? It is, yes. It's snowing heavily at sea level, so oh, Ben really? Nevis will certainly be very snowy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got a bit of snow in Inverness. It's not. I wouldn't say it was heavy snow, but it has been very cold. So, uh, I'm sure it'll be very cold on the pen right now. Would wouldn't be a, a a nice time to be sitting at the foot of point five just right now? I wouldn't have thought. Um, <laughs> so tell no, me. Um, like... Sorry. No, I was just going to say, not unless you like the sort of type two fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I should imagine the spindrift pouring down that particular route right now, <laughs> as often there is. Tell me, this is the how, what, what, which, what number Fort William Mountain Festival is this then? Well, it's very exciting year actually because it is our twentieth anniversary. So this oh, is the yeah the twentieth festival. Um, so there's definitely going to be a bit of a even more of a party spirit than usual and we've got lots <laughs> of special special things planned in relation to that oh great and, and um well what date is it this year so we kick off on thursday the 15th of february um through to sunday the 18th oh right and uh what what particular stars have you got speaking um uh, this year then so I think we've got, yeah, a really big, um, an eclectic mix, let's say, of people right. from, from all different walks of adventure. Um, so someone who's maybe not necessarily the traditional Mountain Fest appearance, but really excited about hosting um, Hamza Yassin, who is a wildlife um, photographer, camera cameraman. Oh, but right. also kind of came to fame because of his appearance on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> um, oh, right, okay. So we've got a we've got a brilliant night. Um, actually, it's, uh, which we're calling Adventure Through the Lens, which is a lineup of Hamza, who kind of represents the sort of wildlife nature-based film photography. Right. Um, then we've got. Um, Hamish Frost, who is a very prominent uh, mountaineering, climbing photographer and has been on some epic adventures in recent years, capturing those stories for people. Right. Um, and then um, the third person involved as part of that night is Emma Crow, mm -hmm. who is a filmmaker, director with the Cold House Collective, um, who've brought out some fantastic adventure films over the year and most recently... Emma's film um, about the the climbing scene, the development of the climbing scene in North, scene in North Wales um, right. has been getting a lot of attention. So 
um yeah it's called adra um which we're also showing separately and emma will be there to introduce it but those three together i think make a really interesting night kind of bringing together stories from all different walks of adventure and how people kind of who are passionate about those sorts of adventures then go on to capture them and share them with other folk yeah that's really interesting because i I was actually at a talk last night by cameron mcneish and Uh was talking about um the the sort of early days of of outdoor pursuits filming and when they were filming some sort of live climbs on the old man of hoy and things like that you know and the amount of equipment and gear they had to have to do that was vast and yet you know modern technology seems to me to have opened up a massive opportunity for a lot of us to 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 film our activities and to get some great shots and to play around with images and photography and video is is is, is that sort of what some of the things that we'll be talking about you think yeah i mean definitely i think the way that we capture adventures has changed over time and sharing the insights into yeah into into how that has developed within their own careers um i don't know exactly what they've they've got planned to share but i imagine that'll certainly be an element of it yeah, yeah, and also I think that the uh, what's also changed, uh, sort of, I suppose, over the last maybe ten years, I suppose, is an increasing emphasis on the the sort of nature side of uh, of mountaineering. Uh, because I can, you know, going back the four thousand years that I, I've been in the outdoor pursuits, um, uh, I, I, a lot of mountaineers weren't really interested in in, in wildlife and, and and flora and fauna. But that's but that's very different now. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's really true. And also on a kind of wild on a sort of taking that even wider, the kind of the the relationship between sort of spending time outside and well-being, connection yeah. to nature, yeah. you know, for our mental health as well as our physical health is Absolutely. something that's you know, more and more people are recognizing the value in. Um and that's yeah, that's something that's captured by the festival as well. We've got a really um unique event which is we've over the past couple of years we've developed a partnership with the Scottish Mountaineering Press and so we've got a a whole host of great events in association with them some of which are based around their publications so um there's a there's an event about the new Harold the new book on Harold Rayburn that's coming out oh yes Um, that's that's bigger isn't it I think is that yes yeah 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 um so um he will be there speaking about that book and they've also got a a book around um running adventures and um stories out of the Cairngorms and kind of different perspectives on the Cairngorms but the the big headline event that they're involved in is actually come out of um a strand to the press which has developed in the past couple of years called creatives and where they've been kind of really developing this idea that there's a sort of a creative relationship between the way that we spend uh, time in landscapes and that, you know, yes, it's great to go on these epic adventures mm-hmm. and be at the north face of Ben Nevis and have all the spin drift in your face. Um, but there can also be creativity that comes from that um, yeah. and the, yeah. the intersection between the two. And there's actually a, a the evening is going to be based around um, what it's called um, creatives and mean a confluence of culture, landscape, and creativity. So it's wow, exploring all the <laughs> interrelationships. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Right. It's hard to try capture all of that in one snappy word. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's be, difficult, isn't it? 
a fascinating a fascinating evening um bringing in um the kind of gallic culture of the, um, places of the scottish right. highlands and how kind of understanding a little bit more about the culture and the landscape can really add to an experience as well oh right that's that's uh, yeah that's that, that that's I suppose that's what I write about, really. But I hadn't really, yeah. thought, of, I hadn't yeah. really thought of it in that way, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just tell stories about Bothies, really. That's kind of what I do. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. You know, also... things... Sorry, it's interesting. That, it's interesting that you say that, though, because you know these things are not new. It's not a new. It's no. not a new thing that you know spending time in nature is good for us. Oh But no. we just seem to have forgotten it for a while, and now people are coming. You know, re-remembering. <laughs> Well, yeah, it goes back to folk like John Muir and probably yeah. even 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 further back than that. And I think one of the things perhaps that's happened is that I think the the pandemic brought really the the the, the health benefits and on our need to be outdoors into sharp focused. And it's been a kind of uh, a kind of you know sort of a game changer since then. I suppose is 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 that? Do you think that's there's some reality in that? Yeah, definitely. And I work like I work as a guide as well. And um, so I've really seen um, a change in the way people are approaching the outdoors and yes. wanting to spend out time outside and, and prioritizing it over things that they necessarily that they might not have done before. And it's, yeah. you know, part of it is about that kind of, yeah, that physical adventure and wanting to get out there. But a lot of it is about um, yeah, the kind of whole um, changing the way that you think about things and looking after your mental health as well. Yeah, I think yeah. The, the, the role of being in cl close to nature, I think, it, it, it perhaps is something that we we certainly, I think, ignored in the past, really. We didn't, or we weren't quite so aware of it as we, we thought we were going up mountains, we thought we were doing climbs, and actually uh, a, a lot of it really is to be, is to be close to the natural world. Yeah, yeah, and that sort of stuff was happening, it just maybe wasn't consciously acknowledged yeah, I think well. that's right, yeah. I think that's right. And I mean, it, go on. I was just going to say it's a big, a big kind of ambition of the festival as well is that we try, we aim to have this balance between, you know, with everything that we've just said in mind, we aim to have this balance between the kind of, you know, traditional sort of mountain film festival events where you're seeing a yeah. speaker and watching a film, but we've also have our explore, explore events, and these are um, a whole host of events that are happening. Uh, throughout the festival, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, with local providers um, to get people out in nature, you know, experiencing it firsthand for themselves um, in all sorts of different ways. So those workshops range from, um, you know, winter winter walking skills and guided winter mountaineering to, you know, sketching nature um, mm -hmm. draw, drawing in the mountains, um, outdoor yoga, you know, going up to Steel Falls and spending the afternoon um, doing yoga beneath the falls. So, oh, wow. you know, there's, there's a whole big range of workshops there that appeal, you know, whether you want to kind of spend quiet contemplative time in nature or whether you want to challenge yourself to get to the top of Ben Nevis. There's yeah. loads of opportunities as part of the festival to do that. You know, it's not just about sitting inside. No. And watching someone else doing it, and that's really important for us to open up opportunities for people to do that. And would there be are there opportunities for say younger people to get involved in the outdoors? Is that something you're trying to do? 
Yeah, so we've had um, connections with local schools. We have a, on the on Sunday afternoon, we have a dedicated family event um, and um, we ha encourage um, families, you know, young people to submit films to that and kind of share their own adventures. So for it to work both ways, for them to kind of be inspired to go out and have adventures and capture them to be shared. But then also the people coming to that event see that sort, you know, the shape that everyday adventures have to take. And it's not kind of things that other people elsewhere are doing, but it's things that are happening on their doorstep. Um, so that's been a partnership with with local schools as well and getting young folk involved, which has been great. Yeah, it sounds like the festival's really sort of opening up to, to to a much broader range of activities and and folk and interests in the outdoors than mountain festivals were traditionally involved with. Is 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 that fair to say? Do you think? Definitely fair to say, and I think you know the Fort William Festival grew out of you know the kind of core of what outdoor adventure was at the time, which was. Mm -hmm climbing hard routes, you know, going yeah. to big mountains, wanting yeah. to show these kind of really gnarly films. And that, you know, that's still an important element of the festival because, you know, that's that's a big part of what adventure is to a lot of people. And, you know, yes. there's, there's a lot yeah. to be gained from that. But as our conversation has just re reflected, you know, there's, there's so much more around that. And we, as a festival, we want to be really inclusive and to, you know, yes. welcome people from all walks of life and all you know, desires to spend time in the outdoors. So although those elements are still there, yeah, we've certainly made it more diverse over the years. Yeah, yeah, I think it's quite a long time since I was gnarly, to be honest. I don't know, Bothy nights can be pretty gnarly, can they not? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they can, they can, they can. <laughs> I, I spend nights out in the winter in my tent these days. So I've, got, I've got an old man's uh, luxury heated tent, you see. And, uh, oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. I think it, there's a picture of it on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> the only time that's gnarly is when you when you wake up in the morning and the the, the 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 stove's been out for a few hours and it's minus four five or something like that. That's a bit gnarly getting up, but after yeah. that, fine, you know. <laughs> Talking about gnarly, well, um, uh, one of you, the, the 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 folk who's coming along, I think, is the adventurer uh, Tim Howell. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Tell us a bit about about what he's up to because it's quite remarkable, really. Isn't it? Yeah, so I think Tim Tim would definitely um, fall into the gnarly bracket, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tim is um, a climbing mountaineer, but all, but uh, he is best known for his base jumping. So right. he has really kind of pioneered the sport. Sport is that the right word? I'm not sure. Base yeah. jumping um, and travels the world. Um, jumping off all kinds of all kinds of things, mountains particularly, yeah, yeah. but um, it's definitely not um, definitely not uh, uh, what's the word limited to that. No, um, yeah, yeah. I call yeah. him adventurer really because well, I spoke to Tim as you probably know, and uh, I thought well, I think we'll, we'll have a little uh, chat to Tim just now about about I think he's going to base jump off Lodzi. Which is not for the faint-hearted, I reckon. No, uh, no, <laughs> not really. Yeah. No. So, but I think, and one, go on. One of the things about you know, so, um, so Tim will be at the festival. He's done all these really gnarly things, but um, you know, as part of him being at the festival, what he will be sharing is 
a little bit of his personal story because I think it's really easy to you know as you know somebody who doesn't do base jumping or these things to think oh that must be a special kind of person you know they've they've been born into base jumping or whatever it's completely out of reach for me but actually everybody you know all the people who end up being these big name adventurers they've all kind of started out with everyday lives and what's often interesting is to see how those journeys to the point at which they've ended up have unfolded Um, and I know Tim will be sharing quite a bit of that um, as part of part of his talk so if there's any any people who might be keen for, for their journey to unfold in that sort of direction. I'm sure he'll have some interesting things to offer. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so um so you, you, there's also is 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 there a pop-up bookstore in the in the uh, festival this year? I know there was last year. Yeah, so we've really we've 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 um it's it really is an expanded festival this year. So we've oh, got right. much more happening than we have over um, the past few years, certainly. Right. And one of those things is that the the festival hub at the Never Centre with all the kind of stands and um, yes. pop-up, like you say, the pop-up bookstore and organisations to come and speak with is going to be open for much longer hours. So oh, right. um, okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday from two o'clock, that exhibition will be open um, with the aim that, and it's free, free to come and explore, to come and meet. We've got lots of great, um, you know, there's there is the kind of pop up bookshop. There's local arts and crafts and makers, but we've also got a really strong kind of educational element to the exhibition right. this year. So there'll be there's okay. the folks, the likes of um, Mountain Weather Information Service, and oh, right. um, Scottish Avalanche Service, Glenmore Lodge, um, Association of Mountaineering Instructors. So there's lots of these kind of. Um, outdoor adventure-based, mountaineering-based organisations who will be there kind of sharing about what they do and also giving out lots of useful information and tips and things about being in the outdoors. So that's a free part of the festival. You don't have to have a ticket to attend it and you can just come along and grab a coffee and, yeah, have a mosey around anytime between two and two and seven each day. Yeah. Right, so there sounds to be a hell of a... It, it really does... I don't know how you cram... <laughs> all that stuff in the three days to be honest it sounds like yeah uh, it really does sound like it's taken off as a, a as a well a nationally significant uh festival i mean you know it's 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 uh it's by far it must be the fort william festival must be now by far the biggest mountain festival taking place in scotland is that is that is that fair to say yeah in scotland yeah i i think that is very fair to say yeah that's amazing. That's amazing. So, well, I hope as many people I, I, I can as uh, I, I will come along. I'm sure it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be stout out by the sound of it. It's going to be really busy. So, um, I, what I'll do is obviously I'll put some links to the festival on the uh, page for this podcast. So, if folk want to get uh, start booking up events, then uh, that's where to go. And uh, it sounds to be, to be honest, no matter what you're interested in, the outdoors or uh, if, if, it, if it's hardcore mountaineering or if it's if, if it's just sitting enjoying a cup of tea in a wild place, it actually sounds as though you've got something for everybody in the festival. So uh, it's been great to talk to you, Anna. I, hope it's a, I, I really hope it's a raging success. And uh, I, 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 let, let's hope I get to talk to you about this again next year. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, look forward to it. And okay. don't forget Thanks. to don't forget to come down, John, if you get the chance. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks very much. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye.
Well, it sounds like there's a lot going on at the Fort William Mountain Festival there, and probably something for everybody. Um, as Anna was uh, mentioning there, uh, Tim Howell is one of the guests, and he's going to be uh, speaking at the festival. And I caught up with Tim and I had a word with him about what he's been Special up to. Special guest on Outdoors in Scotland today, it's uh, Tim Howell. Um, to be honest with you, I don't quite know how to introduce this man. He's a skier, he's a base jumper, he's a climber, and I'm sure he's an awful lot of other things as well. Um, <clears throat> I think he's best described as an adventurer. Um, hello, Tim, how are you? Very well, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, cool. I'm in a, a, a rather frosty Scotland at the moment, and you're in? Uh, just outside of Geneva. Wow. So in okay. a little town called Neil. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, well, so you're right in the heart of it. It sounds really good. Um, I, I wanted to, to ask you, you, you're a base jump. Can you, for those, for, for the, there's possibly some folk who don't even know what base jumping is. Can you explain what base jumping is? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably the majority, isn't it? Not many people know what base <laughs> no, jumping well, is. Probably but not, it's, no. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's parachuting, but specifically from a fixed object. Right. So... Could be a bridge, could be a cliff, you know, all sorts of weird and wonderful objects around the world. I jumped from a, an abandoned satellite dish last week. So there's lots of weird things to jump off, but normally <laughs> I'm jumping off mountains. Right. So it, it sounds like it, it's basically the fastest way down when you're arriving is alive. Is that basically what it, what it is? It, exactly. Yeah, it, it is, you know, when it can take climbing partners of mine, you know, a day to get back down to the car, I can get back down in a minute or so. So it, wow. it does help in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you've got to hump the chute up there. That's the only downside, isn't it, really? Yes, that is. Yeah, you're <laughs> right there. How did you get into that? Uh, so I've always been a climber. And um, I've, I just, I climbed around the world in a lot of these locations where um, base jumping is really favourable as well. So right. just from a young age just looking up and and thinking you know that's a pretty cool way to get down after you finish the climb yeah yeah definitely i think yeah but now you you you've got one of your projects that you're planning is actually to jump off the summit of lotuses is, is that right yeah yeah i mean it's it's a work in progress that i've been right. thinking about for years now um I, but i think it's the, it's all coming together Right. Okay. And that, that's never been done, I understand. It would be the first base jump off an 8,000 metre peak. Is, is that right? Yeah, not necessarily off an 8,000 metre peak, but from the altitude of 8,000 metres. Right. I've got you. Um, okay. So you, ca you can't always jump from the summit. There's a lot of variables that are needed to, to perfectly align right. to be able to, to right. wingsuit base jump from an object. So people have jumped from, I think the highest record so far is 7,800 metres. Right, right. So you, you'll be wearing a wingsuit, is that right? Yeah, yeah, wearing a wingsuit. So I, I can fly for, I'll probably be flying for about five minutes. Right. Uh, then deploy my parachute and then land on um, a little, well, I've got a few landing zones marked out. So I've done all the calculations right. of how far I can fly. And are there, there must be particular challenges flying uh, from that altitude. What are they, would you say? Yeah, there's uh, there's quite a few, but I I like to think that I've I've thought about them all thoroughly and right, and we're slowly designing and mitigating, um, the, the risks to try and yeah. you know 
get it I mean, get it sorted so well, you know one, thing, one is, is sorry. yeah so what one, one thing's definitely the um the temperature yes um so just everything needs to be completely covered so we're looking at a few different like heated gloves and and heat pads that can go on the actual wingsuit um yeah face masks goggles everything needs to be covered right i mean by definition you're going to be flying through some very very cold air and you know you're going to be absolutely exposed to the wind yeah yeah the the wind chill is the main thing because you know the the wind that i need um it it has to be a very very low wind speed for me to actually be able to jump from the cliff right right okay so it's it's not so much the wind that's there it's the wind that you're i suppose making you know i'm flying at uh, 250 kilometers an hour wow um, <laughs> that's amazing so the, the, the wind chill, that's where the wind chill comes in you know but it, that must be wow that is in, must be incredibly cold at that sort of speed I mean, yeah yeah it's going to be pretty chilly but fortunately it's only going to be for a few minutes you know and then uh, right. okay then i'm going to land safely back at base camp right right god it sounds uh it sounds pretty uh, pretty hard going and, and the obviously the air is also much thinner at that altitude does that presumably that does also add a challenge does it it does yeah um it mainly affects the the inflation of the wingsuit so this suit right. Uh, is a ram air design so it actually fills with air it has air locks in it so it keeps the suit pressurized so it will have an effect on that but once it is flying it flies a lot faster um i've, I've previously flown at around six thousand meters from aconcagua right in um in uh, argentina and i felt that it flew a lot lot faster than i'm used to right okay okay so, so it, it just means that I give myself a lot more margin for error on uh, on the flights. I see. I mean, it, it, yeah, because it you it presumably things are happening pretty fast when you when once you actually jump. Is that that, that must be so? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, two hundred and fifty kilometers an hour, sort of fast. Yeah, that's, that's so, shifting, really, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, and yeah, I think you've also got you got some um, projects in Scotland that you're interested in doing. Yeah, I, I mean, Scotland's always been an interest to me. I mean, it's I lived up um, near Glasgow for a couple of years, so every weekend I'd I'd shoot up to the Highlands and, and right. get a few bits and pieces done. A um, couple of years ago, I did the first ever wingsuit flight, wingsuit base jump in the UK, which is um, which was up in Scotland. Oh right! Okay. So I, I'm definitely looking at going back and and uh, trying to find some more wingsuit flights up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, if, if we get the weather, it's, it should be pretty good, you know. And and you'll be speaking. You you you're, you're speaking at the uh, Fort William Mountain Festival thirty soon. I understand. Yeah, looking forward to it. And what 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 sort of topics will you be covering there? So I, I think as as you touched on the beginning, like not many people know what what wingsuiting is is about or base jumping. So I definitely like to start the talk you know, explaining all, all the basics, really, how it works, how you get into it. Um, and actually, a lot of it involves, uh, you know, calculations and muscle memory and training right. and expertise. It's 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 not just, you know, jumping off a cliff and hoping that you'll be okay. There's a lot right. to it. There's a lot to so, it. So once I've 
kind of covered all of that sort of thing, I then go into a few different expeditions and and a few uh, few trips that I've done in a bit more detail. Right. I mean, going back to the Lotsy thing, I mean, will you actually get a sort of much time to appreciate the sort of scenery, or are you just going to be working really hard <laughs> from 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 the moment you jump off? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people look at the videos and they say it doesn't look as though you're enjoying it in the moment. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a very stern face normally. But it's, right, right. Well, it's a fairly stern thing to do, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely a face of concentration. And um, and it, I am enjoying it for sure. But the enjoyment also comes when you land and you realise what you've just accomplished. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and also, you know, I'm going to spend six weeks at base camp. So that's plenty of time to take in the surroundings and uh, and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it sounds like it would be, it'd be quite an amazing expedition, really. And, uh... I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> have, you got, have, you, have you got a sort of date set for this or is it, or is it really just at this point in the planning stages? Yeah, still, still in the planning stages, but we're looking at um, sort of Easter time. Oh, as soon as that? No, so, so we're yeah, only... yeah, it's coming out. That's the, the best season for it. So I see. So we're only a few weeks off, really. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's getting there. Oh wow! So uh, that sounds incredibly uh, 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 terrifying and exciting at the same time, really. <laughs> Which kind of covers a lot. That's of what makes it exciting, though—the terrifying part. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I should imagine the landing must be quite would, would be quite a pleasant sensation. I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. I I I wish you all the best with that, and uh, I'm sure you yeah you'll give a a, a a sounds a really fascinating talk, a very interesting talk. Uh, thanks, John. At, at the festival, and uh, well, thanks very much for talking to me. I appreciate it. All the best, John. Cheers. Take care.